0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a hustler baby, I'm a hustler yeah.
2: baby I know heartbreaks, setbacks back. if I crap out and I'm show sure I'ma get back I've been through the ups and downs You know I get a frown, so to me It's so the part
0: of the game If I ain't the cold man what the- Hey what is up everyone, this is Gary A. Swaby And you're now listening to or watching the power Powercast And today we will be recapping Power Book 3 Season 3 Episode two of Raising Canaan. And uh the title of this episode was uh flip mode. And of course, I'm joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing today, Richard? aka ubiquitous ubiquitous.
2: <laughs> yes. Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? Yes, it's from ubiquitous. you you you, you it's from ubiquitous to unique, since that was how he his name changed various times in this episode which I thought was hilarious but yes happy to be here
0: yeah they, they were throwing around some some uh pretty interesting nicknames in this in this episode <laughs> um, so that that was uh that was some funny banter to watch between uh unique and uh Stefano but uh we're also joined by uh Miss Dana, Dana Abercrombie aka Lil linguini how are you doing Dana
1: hey big brother linguini um i'm doing great <laughs> excited to talk about this episode we had a lot of things that go, went down so i'm excited to expand upon them
0: indeed indeed um yeah very interesting episode today uh, lots of uh fun dialogue and stuff uh, lots of uh interesting uh well we had a death at the so at the end so you know that's going to be uh something to talk about but some, some pretty interesting things happened overall in this episode. Um, and, you know, uh, I, like I say, this is my favorite show, so I'm enjoying all of it. Like, every every bit of it, I've been enjoying it so far, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, before we get into our takeaway segment, just, you know, a quick reminder to the people. Do leave your comments down below. Hit the like button also to support the show and also subscribe to the channel. And uh, check out some of the other content on the channel also. And uh, remember that we have uh, two, you know, sibling channels also. We have the Coalition Entertainment and the Coalition Gaming. So you can head over to those and check those out also. Uh, but yeah, we'll get right into you know the uh, takeaway segment because I am interested in what you know both Dana and Richard are going to have to say about this episode. So we're going to go. Firstly, to Miss Dana Abercrombie. So, when you're ready, Dana, hit us with your takeaways.
1: I'm gonna hit you with the best shot and fire away. Um, very corny, sorry. Um, what I really loved about this, you know, the title itself is called Flip Mode. And after much digging, it's not Flip Mode Squad, but it's about metamorphosis. It's about basically exposing a previous underside. So, it's not so much about, you know, growing into a different person but it's really about the person that you have already been showing itself. And what I really like about this is that we get glimpses of, a, of these characters that we probably haven't had before. I really wanted to start with Rock because the whole situation of she's out of the game, you know, she's done with everything. She had her life at risk Southside, If it wasn't for Unique, she would basically be dead. And she's really determined to kind of tell everyone, I'm out. Good luck to you. She doesn't have any kind of anger or, or vengeance, but good luck to you. And when she went to go visit the brother, and I believe their brother and sister, um, what was very interesting was the fact that they said, oh, you know, she said that, oh, you know, I'm not done with her. And he's looking at her and she's like, well, She's not done with you. So it still makes us wonder whether or not there's something deep that's going on with Rock in terms of, is she really out of the game or is she using this new side of her of I wanna be clean, I wanna start this life anew, as it really being something that's underside, that's something that she wants to secretly maybe become more stronger in and to take over. We had this conversation before. We don't know her story in terms of the original power. She could be done. But at the same time, do we really believe that? And I love how this series keeps us guessing. I don't think she's done. And even if she's not done, how will she make a comeback? So far, will it be from an actual threat from another outside force? Could it be from her own son? her own family. We don't know yet. <coughs> so sorry. <coughs> well, I live to see the end of this podcast.
0: <coughs> you can take um, a moment and have, have a drink if you want to.
1: Take a- <coughs> have a drink. Yeah. <coughs> I keep muting. <laughs> yeah, so
0: she's going to take a drink. I think uh, You know, she needs that. But Great takeaways so far. Um, yeah. You know, I, th- I think she was uh, talking about Raquel and, like, uh, what's going to, you know, be the flip for her to make her go back to hustling and everything. Um,
1: yes, that's that's exactly. a question
0: I have later. So, you know, after after the takeaways, we can expand on that. But go ahead, Dana. Carry on.
1: Yes. Sorry about that. Ronchitis. Um So, basically, it's really wondering about what's going on with her and her metamorphosis in this. Will her uh, struggles from season one and two make her stronger? Or or will it just provide her a different perspective on how she lives her life? I'm really interested in that. Um, another thing we also have, there's other outside forces that's pulling her in. We do have Tony Danza's uh, character, who I, I forgot at the moment, but he has come in and he's saying, everything that we have together is wiped off the sweet. We, we're clean if you go and you take out a style and you still have her saying i'm not a part of this anymore and one other part of her resources is she's able to use marvin to do her dirty work so knowing that lulu is completely like i'm done with you because it was supposed to be marvin and lulu instead it ended up being marvin and the guy who was in the wheelchair from the finale in, in, in episode one as well i love just a side note how they're using that character because he clearly could have been a one and done. You know, here's the life lesson of, you know, uh, let's be kind to people because you never know what will happen in the end. They may you may need them. But they didn't. They continue to have him in the series and I really like that. Um but what's really interesting is how she's able to use the resources to keep her hands clean, which then makes me wonder this is the new side of where I'm out the business but I'm not really out. It's just other people doing the work for me. So I really like this. Uh, another thing that's really interesting is the fact that it was a very quick, it wasn't even like something that was heavy upon in terms of, you know, if you look at the overall script and what they showed us, I would say it was a good solid two minutes, but it stayed in my mind was Rodney. Rodney is Unique's brother. And what is so fascinating about Rodney is he does not have to say a word. Aside from him saying, you know, this is not my scene. This ain't me. That's kind of all we heard from him today. But we've learned so much about him, his attention to detail. And it really does feel to me that he is someone who, once he has an idea in his mind, he's not gonna let go. Something as simple as we're not gonna let you into the club. Oh, we have standards. Oh, you look like a bum. He's gonna come back at you later on because the way how they did the scene in the nightclub was wonderful. He said nothing, but you had that music building that tension and you saw the camera follow the the, uh, security guard just throughout. And you know that he's thinking, and he's saying, Oh, this scene with the girls and a dancing, yeah, I'm out of jail, but this is not me. And then we're looking at him follow the guy. So it makes us wonder, what is really him? You know, on the surface, we see a quiet guy, you know, someone who's not for the clubs, not so much for partying with the girls. But is that also the mind of this is serial killer? You know? The one who's really quiet in the mouse, but that underside that he has, that flip mode that he could do, being one of the most dangerous men out there. So I loved how they didn't even really stay on that so much. You know, we just saw that scene, but that one little moment was so important to the overall arc of the show. And unique, I'm wondering if he is acting, or maybe it's both is he acting out of fear or does he is he the only one who kind of understands his brother and understands how he thinks so it's like yeah don't worry he's not gonna be here long he's just really quiet or is it i'm not telling you he's a stone cold nut right now because you would flee and you'd upset him and he could come back and kill us all so i love how they're building with that without saying anything and a lot of what we've seen in franchises is missing that 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 part of just showing us without telling us, and it told us so much about him, what we could maybe expect from this series moving forward, the threat that he could place upon Unique and anyone else who crosses him, you know, and it was really like a quick line before Unique and rock got kidnapped was, oh, do I have to like pull out the belt and 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 beat?" Kanan sort of like, oh do I have to like take that responsibility? Um and because, you know, of how he's acting, but we see him do that, but we see him like completely the opposite with his own brother. So I really like that. And I also like the relationship that Unique and Rock is kind of building, even though it's we don't know what's going on yet. They could be screwed not the literal screwing each other, but you know, the, the business wise could screw each other over. And and they're doing both either way, so yay. So I really did like that. Another thing with Kanan is that I truly believe is when you're faced with like a hardship and you really wanna be independent, it can actually grow the character. And with with Kanan, he was always a thinker. His plans has never really, came out right but he was always a thinker and he always provided a fresh perspective so we had him very simple it was a courier where there's there a legit like regular courier business where you have your packages i was thinking something else obviously y'all were thinking something else but it's just a legit regular here's some packages and we deliver them throughout the city i'm really hoping yeah it is, this it is that because when he came to him with the idea the proposal of like hey, let's replace packages with weed. Isn't it crazy how that was all illegal and now you can just do everything and you're pretty sure people like that ended up going to jail for like the rest of their lives and now in like today, it's completely legal. You can't even get in trouble. I mean, you can, but still, you know what I mean? That's sad. Anyway, so you see this business mind coming out when he's like really faced with, we have no money. This apartment, you know, rent is still due every month so i really liked how he's able to kind of work under pressure and he's also very creative about it and you see it where he gets that from his mother and i really do like that about how he's able to just take an opportunity and flip it into a bigger business see flip mode yay so that's what i really like so far with that and then really quickly i think we're getting the answer that we wanted since we first saw jukebox and we first kind of saw this season one is the transition between she had a jukebox coming to the police and we thought it was originally going to be Burke. And it's kind of maybe not, she just really wants to leave Queens and she signed up to be in the military. And we know that that probably didn't work. And the only other place where they can place her is the police force. So, we're getting our answers very slowly but i like how they're not just stringing us along um you're slowly trickling out information and again this isn't concrete right now but it is more like a a direction in a thought we still just have to wonder what's going on with the singing career and again it's really interesting how after the death of Nicole, after the death of her mom she gave up singing and we all know that that's something that gave her joy and gave her passion and Really shockingly, to see Nicole's dad step in again, how she's presented with this new opportunity to join a girls' group. I don't really know if I see unique in a girls' group kind of thing, unless it was like an escape thing. I'm just going by like the clothes and the vibe and the fit, but I don't see her like the Destiny's Child Girl group. I see her more like the escape, cool, laid back kind of version, like a female Jodice. Anyway, point is, this music if she does end up being selected, you know, could take her life into a different trajectory, which is why I strongly feel that it probably won't. So we can also get another layer of sadness with her, like the music career that she started, she tried She won it from, since she was little is now not going to work because this audition from thousands of girls from all around the country. So it's really interesting to watch her progress. And again, I say this before and I say this again, I do want her to have some happiness before we get to raw jukebox. I want her to just be happy. So I really do hope that she gets this girl group. And that is something that is sustaining a little bit. We do see her smile because we still have not seen her smile, except for when she came to Lulu and like, here's the albums I wanted kind of, I'm inspired by. So yeah, I, I overall, I like this season, uh, well, this episode, and I think we we have some interesting storylines ahead. But also, really quickly, I like how it ended. Yes, we had to death us all, but it's really about no matter how much you keep your eyes open, you know, someone is coming for you. And death, just like how you're born, is very lonely. And so we're starting to see that. I mean, we've seen that before. We know this, but. It's interesting to see how it unfolds. So here's the thing why I wanted to bring that up was in terms of everybody has eyes on you, someone is going to retaliate against Marvin because I'm sure someone got a good look at Marvin. Granted, he did it boom boom quick fast, ran through the church, jumped into the mail uh truck. But I am very sure when he said, you know, you have you have eyes always on you. Someone knows what's going on. And this is when we're gonna start getting our our mafia war, essentially. And I wonder how Tony Danza's character is going to retaliate. And is this the moment when Raquel has to step back in because she's the one who said, I don't want nothing to do with this whole mafia thing. This is way more different than you dealing with Unique and his little band of crew. So this will be interesting. I'm done ranting.
0: no those were excellent observations great takeaways um yeah i agree with a lot of uh what you said um i also like that they're using uh i forgot his name but um the guy in the wheelchair from from the apartments like i'm glad that they're still using that character you know and he's kind of tied to marvin now like so it's pretty cool just to see those little little details and stuff but um yeah, great takeaways. And uh next we are gonna hear from Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. So, Richard, when you're ready, take it away.
2: First and foremost, uh excellent takeaways from Dana as always. Um let me start off by saying that this was again another outstanding episode of Razor Canaan, building up the season uh to get you ready for what's happening next. So I have three quick takeaways and some of this stuff is very similar to what Dana said. I'm going to expand upon a few, a few quick things. So first and foremost, let's talk about Raquel and unique in this episode. Uh, we do learn that two weeks have passed, you know, it, you know, in, in the actual time within the show. So there's quite a bit of things that have happened, you know, obviously Raquel and unique have gotten a lot closer, but still, you know, Raquel is being careful with how she handles Unique because he did make a comment about that at the very beginning of the episode. And then this is when finally we see Stefano and his men basically coming after Raquel and Unique. And this is when Stefano does come to Raquel and recruits her to basically have Sal killed. Now, I will say this. Uh I think all the points Dana said are are right on par. You know, it, it's very I'm very curious to see. What happens with Raquel, because she has told multiple people that she's out of the game. You saw her approach Juliana and her brother in this episode as well, basically letting them know that she's out the game. But uh, Juliana obviously doesn't buy that, and she still has a bit of a grudge with Raquel. And you saw the brother had to tell her, just relax, just calm down. So I want to see what happens, because it feels to me that this particular character doesn't let things go. And she's going to be an issue for Raquel, I think, moving forward. So looking forward to seeing how they handle that situation. But on the flip side of that, you have Yannick, who he does approach Stefano about working together. Now, he does make it very clear. They both make it very clear because even Stefano doesn't believe that Raquel is fully out the game. But they do make it clear they don't really know what's going to happen with her. They're only focused on the here and now. And Stefano does tell Unique uh, that he has to basically get in line with others that he's working with, his other partners to work with. So I think now we're going to start to see Unique uh, try to build up this connect. Now, the most important thing, though, is that he does tell his girl in this episode he has new work opportunities, and he's also going to try to use this as an opportunity to get his brother Ronnie involved. And I do want to make a comment about this because I did laugh about this when I saw the episode. We know Ronnie, he had a very interesting interaction with a uh, bouncer in this episode, the security guard at the door. Obviously, you know, I, I, I laughed at the scene where they get into it. You know, obviously Ronnie sits, sits down. You need to get some women to, to try to comfort Ronnie. And he just brushes them off. And then he just looks at this guy obsessed. In the music that they started playing, I was like, yeah, Rodney is going to kill this guy. So I want to see what happens, because I think the whole the whole thing about this is that Unique is now trying to build up this whole relationship with Sal. And the fact that he has his brother getting involved, I think that's going to cause some issues moving forward as he's trying to build goodwill with Sal. So uh, let's see where they're going but very interesting from from, from from that angle and also from the angle of, you know, how Raquel may react to this later. If she does decide to still be a part of the game, because right at this moment, she said that she's out and, and, and you get that impression with the first two episodes. So looking forward to seeing what happens next. But I like that they have that cliffhanger of the, the interest is there to see what's going to happen as far as that relationship and how it impacts business, so on and so forth. The second takeaway of this episode, I want to talk about Marvin and Lulu in this episode. Obviously, Marvin is the one that is basically has to pull out the kill, pull off the kill on Sal. And I think we all knew as viewers that Sal's time was coming to an end when he had the heartfelt scene with his wife reminiscing, talking about their son. You knew that this character was going out. Now, I do agree with what Dana said, though, a very dangerous situation for Marvin Because we know people saw Marvin as he was doing this. You know, he dressed up as the mailman. By the way, very funny scene when he stole the mail delivery truck. Uh, And when I saw this scene, I said to myself, this is why Gary likes this character. Because he's just a very cool, laid-back guy. But when he has to do something, no nonsense, he just does it. And you did see when this episode started out, you know, he's basically there to watch Lulu at the club. He does tell Lulu that he needs his help. Lulu says he's out. He doesn't want to help. So I'm very curious to see, you know, how this is going to impact Lulu later when a war is started and that these guys do start to come after them again, because I think we know that that's probably going to definitely happen at some point. Um, But Lulu does serve a purpose in this episode because he finally does sit down with Jukebox and when she tells him that she has this upcoming audition for this girl group, he decides to help her out. I'm glad they had that conversation where they mended fences. He apologized. I think that needed to happen, right, because we know he did her dirty last season with the with giving her her music to, to Ziza. So I'm glad they had that coming together moment. But as Dana said, uh, I, I'm glad we're, we're, we are finally going to see maybe some positive things happen for Jukebox. But unfortunately, uh, this story will not end well. And I will make a guess. I mean, I don't know what questions Gary's going to ask later, but I will make a guess that when something happens to Lulu, that could be the end of Jukebox really, you know, you you know, you know, loving music and actually wanting to sing. But we have to see what happens. There's going to be a lot of things that I think that happen. But I do like how they're taking their time to tell this story, peel back the layers of the character, and you're you're getting a chance to see everything that leads up to that moment. So stay tuned for that. And finally, uh, I want to talk a little bit briefly about Kanan in this episode. We saw that Raquel did buy Kanan the car, trying to get in his good graces, and he turned that down, of course, still rejects it. So they are continuing to show the building tension between them, how he still doesn't want to have anything to do with his mom, so on and so forth. But then also the situation of this this guy they introduced Paul. Who basically, you know, is he has his whole his whole operation going. And I like how Kanan approached him, ask him what his prices are, and then he comes back later and says, No, I have a better proposal for you. How about you work for me? And you know, this is how we how everything works out. Now, I like how they're showing that Kanan is a mastermind, but something we all know when it comes to business, and this has happened before, and, and we've seen this in other movies, TV shows. Whenever somebody decides to pull in another person to work for them, that person tends to get greedy, tends to get power hungry, and they would, may want something in return. So I want to see what's going to happen, because as soon as I saw this Paul character, I thought to myself, this guy is probably going to get killed at some point in time. Because he is somebody who, he is okay with all the money he's making, and even Kanan gives him a good deal, but he's probably going to get very greedy and want even more than that. So. I want to see where they're going with that because obviously this is a character that is in no way shape a part of the original power show. So uh my assumption is that there's a reason for that. And of course, there's also a reason that famous isn't on the show either. So I want to see which direction they're going with that, but I like the title of the episode flip mode because pretty much there are a lot of things flipped with certain, certain things with these characters. And it makes me curious as a viewer to see what happens next. So overall fantastic episode can't wait to see what happens in episode three.
0: <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah um great takeaways again you know um actually some of my takeaways are like the same as yours but um <laughs> yeah but uh you're absolutely right about marvin him being my favorite character like because um i feel like his character is like so clearly defined in the show it's like whenever he's on camera it's like he's he's He plays his character so well because you always see him eating and stuff like and then his comedic timing as well like the scene where uh he goes to the bathroom because he thinks those guys are like uh gonna gonna try and kill him or something and then um they just wanted some drugs and stuff like that scene was hilarious as well um but yeah uh great takeaways overall so I'm going to get straight into mine um, and I'm going to actually piggyback off of what you were just saying, because, um, you know, one of my takeaways is similar to yours. So um, basically, you know, Canaan, Canaan and Paul, you know, um, and you know, what I want to say about that is like, it, it's interesting how Kanan is already like showing his street smarts by, you know, identifying that this was an opportunity and then, you know, actually being able to negotiate with Paul and strike a deal with him, like, that takes uh, a lot of, like, you know, a lot of flexibility, a lot of logical thinking. So I feel like Kanan's family has really, like, rubbed off of off on him, um, you know, just being around everyone, like, you know, Marvin, Lulu and uh, Raquel, of course. Like, it's all starting to, like, rub off on him and he's becoming, like, who he's determined to be kind of thing. So um I think all of that is great to see and I'm excited to see how far they're gonna go with it in this season also. Um I do agree with you, Rich, that this Paul character, he could be disposable. So like, you know, maybe Kanan actually ends up taking over the whole operation, you know, or something like right? um I, I don't think he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna continue to be part of this, um, unfortunately for him. But, but yeah, I, I feel like that whole thing was interesting because, you know, obviously they had like him and Famous had to come up with something, um, you know, they had to be able to pay the rent. Otherwise, you know, their place to live kind of goes away. And we know Kanan really doesn't want to go back with his mom. Um, you know, there's even the scene where she, she gives him a car, she buys him a car, you know, and he rejects the car. You know, he says, I'll buy my own. So it's that deep for him where he doesn't even want to go back to his mother. So he had to make this work. Um, and yeah, that's what I love to see about it. Like he, he pulled it off, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be some hiccups involved in this operation because, you know, we've seen Kanan make moves in the past and it doesn't pan out how they want it to or, you know, problems arise. So I want to see what his problem solving skills are like. You know, we saw his negotiating in this episode. Now I want to see if he's gotten better at problem solving, you know, when these situations arise, because I'm sure there's going to be some situations coming up. um, Now that he has this hustle, you know, Um, and then second takeaway, we got to talk about Kanan's pops. Um, (laughs) So uh, first of all, he like this guy's like he he was functioning like a psychopath, like like a sociopath or something in, in, in the funeral scene. Like, you know, um I've always heard stories of like you know, like hood stories of where um somebody gets murdered and the killer shows up at the funeral and stuff like that. But this was like on another level. Like this dude was just like walking up in there like he's you know, like he's uh he's like an honorable partner for, for to, to Burke and stuff like um, say that again i didn't hear
1: nothing i just i quickly said like he was diddy
0: oh (laughs) he was diddy yeah exactly (laughs) no comment no comment but um um, yeah so like uh and he gave the speech as well and you know when he's giving the speech you see the expression on on the father's face and the, the, the girlfriend and everything like it was just a a real chilling kind of scene just knowing that he was the one that did it you know and um he shows up to the funeral like this real respectable honorable um partner you know and everybody shows him love and respects him and stuff like except the girlfriend is a little suspicious you can see that but um yeah it, it was just real interesting and then and then later on in the episode you get um he's at the precinct and then there's a new task force. You know, all these feds are coming in and then uh, the captain has him, uh, you know, uh, meet up with that guy. Uh, What was his name? I think I wrote his name down. Is it Hagen? I think it was Hagen's or something like that was his name. Um, So, you know, he's going to be like one of the contacts on the task force. Um, And, you know, my takeaway is basically that I think... This is going to put pressure on Howard Because if you think about it You know this task force is focusing On organized crime But there's there's going to be Six degrees of separation In that, in that investigation Like so if they start Looking at the mob You know um, and we know that soul Just got killed right so they're probably Going to be looking at that So you know if they get to looking at that You know they're going to start to um, You know see that they were dealing with unique and the South side people, you know, Raquel. And then, you know, once it gets there, you know, Howard is going to be, you know, having, he's going to be having to uh, clear things up again and that's going to expose him and make him, you know, look bad. And then um, with the girlfriend lurking out there, you know, sh- uh, Shannon Burke's girlfriend, she can connect the dots a little bit as well. So it's, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him, I think, having this task force around. Um, so he's got to watch his back, I think, because at the moment it seems like, you know, nobody suspects him. You know, the father doesn't suspect him, the captain doesn't. But uh, all it will take is a little digging around, and yeah, he's going to get found out. So uh, I think uh, that's going to be an interesting, you know, in, uh, thing to see this season and then um final takeaway you know i had to i had to uh, talk about marvin you know favorite character and all um the hit you know the setup for the hit and everything was very entertaining to watch you know seeing him break into the uh the lot and steal the the mail van and stuff you know with the dog and everything and you know um marvin has the snacks on deck so you know he could easily like he could easily get the dog to stop barking and just throw some snacks at him um but Yeah, like, uh, just seeing the whole setup was cool, and what what, uh, obviously stood out, and, you know, Richard kind of touched on this, was that Lulu wants no parts of this anymore. Like, he doesn't want to be part of the killing, he doesn't want to be part of the drugs, he doesn't want any parts of what Raquel is doing. And you can kind of see in this hit, you know, even though Marvin succeeded with the hit, you can see that It would have gone more efficiently if Lulu was there, because um he like uh Marvin could have very easily been outnumbered by the mob, you know, at that at that moment. But if Lulu was there, he could have had his back and um it would have been less of a risk for him. He would have been maybe a bit less exposed. Um and you know, the wheelchair guy, all he can do is drive, you know, he can't he can't get out or anything. So Uh, Yeah, like, I feel like having Lulu there would have been a lot more efficient, you know, with that job. But uh, that's the cost of, you know, everything Raquel has done now that, you know, now that Lulu is out of the situation, things are going to get more tough for them, you know, because, I mean, they have Unique now. So that's something. But how long is that connection going to last? Like, you know, because Unique could flip at any moment or you know Ronnie could do something you know so that is a risk you know having unique there but you know Lulu he, they need to get him back in the fold eventually if they're going to continue with the activity um now we know that rock i don't i don't think she's staying out of the game very long i think she's going to easily get pulled back in and when she does you know not having Lulu is going to be a big deal i think so they're going to have a lot of convincing to do to get him back on board and a lot of fixing relationships, um, you know, for that. But uh, yeah, but Marvin, you know, he, he did, he did well on his own. He, he managed to get the hit. Um, I do think he was probably identified. I mean, of course they're going to see it was a black guy, right. And um, a lot of them are probably going to say, you know, associate it with Raquel and stuff. So I wanna see if there's any clapback or retaliation from Sal's crew, um, but but yeah, uh, those are my takeaways for this week. Um, and we're gonna get straight to the questions and discussion segment. And uh, Dana has something to say, so go ahead, Dana.
1: Okay, quick question though. Everybody keeps bringing up if Lulu did this, if Lulu did that, is that technically Lulu's responsibility? you're putting a lot of kind of guilt and burden upon a man who clearly stated i don't want to do this anymore when do we allow lulu to be free of that burden are people not allowed to change their, their trajectory or change their jobs change their mindset if he doesn't want to be a part of this industry anymore and focus on his music is he not allowed to because of his past? So is it really his fault if, say, Mar- Marvin gets arrested and they find out, and Raquel, you know, ends up being arrested as well? And I just wonder when do we start blaming people and and allowing them to be responsible for their own actions without involving other people who clearly state we don't, I don't want to do this no more. I just, I just wonder.
0: Yeah, good question. Um, I like, like Lulu's well within his rights to refuse being involved. You know, I, I I don't doubt that he has his choice. You know, he he he's within his rights to say no, he doesn't want to be a part of it. Um, you know, all all I'm kind of saying is that it's gonna get a lot more pressure, like there's gonna be a lot more pressure on Raquel and Marvin um without having Lulu around. So, you know, when things get into a real bad situation, like let's say things with uh, the Italians escalate, or Stefano or even Ronnie, let's say things get real bad, you know, not having Lulu is a big deal, you know, Um, but I'm not saying he absolutely has to be involved. You know, maybe he does like part ways and, you know, walk his own path from here on, you know, that's an absolute possibility. But um, I just think that we're going to see it be a lot more difficult for Raquel and Marvin um, just being a duo in a sense. Uh, but what do you think about that, Rich or, or
2: Dana? Are you, Dana. Are you... Well, let's see. Let's see what Dana had to say first.
1: She's no, gonna, I was going to you know, just say technically, probably maybe a, a, a thruple because you know we have unique in there, but unique is making his own moves. So you could argue those three, or you could still argue Tony Danza um, What's his name. Stefano is still in the mix since technically this is all his doing because he can't keep Sal, you know, he wants to upstage Sal and and take his place. This is his own doing. So will this come back to bite him? More importantly, yes, you hired out Raquel, great, wonderful, but the initial problem is still you. So he has the bigger stake than anything else. And since, since Raquel, It's clearly saying, I don't want to do any this business with you. And if he was to go and die, she still has her ties completely cut. So this doesn't really fall back on Raquel.
0: Yeah. Did did you have anything to say to that, Rachel?
2: Oh, no, I agree with everything Dana said. Uh, I I have a controversial response to this, this question. I just want to make one thing very clear. I side with Lulu a hundred percent because like we had said on the previous episode, it feels like this is the season where this character finally is going to, I, you know, I don't know what the correct word is there. Finally, it feels like we need to see this character evolve and get what he deserves because he's basically, he's been basically as, as Raquel said, I own you. She said, that made that very clear to him last season at the end of the season. So I want to see this character, you know, create his own lane for himself. Now, obviously, even when he tried to try to try to do the music thing, and then she ended up taking ownership of that particular business. That's why I said I want to see this character do his own thing. Now, with that said, there is going to be a lot of issues I think with the Italians and the retaliation. And you know, obviously, when you go after family I think your 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 response is gonna be you want to get some payback. Now, if they go after Marvin, which I do anticipate they're gonna try and go after Marvin, he may have to get involved. You know, I, I I don't know to what extent, but I just feel like uh I think as fans of the character, I think it's it's totally makes sense for us to want to see him shine and get some success on his own, step out of the shot the, the shadow of his sister and do his thing. So I wanna see how they're gonna tell that story. Now, I do want to say this though. I I don't approve of him getting sloppily drunk and all this other stuff. You know, I don't want him to be, you know, get too obsessed with that. But I do want him to find his own way. I think the fact that they had him mend fences with jukebox, that was a very good thing for him to do. Because again, we know that they both love music. So they're still, you know, going after that passion and pursuing it, which I think is very important. But I definitely want to see where things are going. Because even when he was talking with Marvin at the beginning of this episode in the club, still talking about how he doesn't trust Rock, he still is dealing with this situation. So I kind of feel like they may be building to eventually having another conversation between those two characters. But we have to wait and see where that goes. But I I definitely am all for Lulu this season. I want to see him do something great and uh, actually see the reward from doing something great. But we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I do like this um pairing of uh him and jukebox, you know, him him and Jukebox yeah. getting closer and and working on a goal together. Um and that that leads actually to one of the questions. So like uh the question is basically where do you see this uh audition for Jukebox leading? Like do you see her actually, you know, I mean, we know she's talented, so I would think she would make it onto the group, but do you you think we'll actually see that story play out where she joins a group and then, you know, maybe it doesn't go well, maybe there's some conflict or something, you know, and maybe Lulu's her manager or something like that, you know, Um, do you think something like that could happen or how do you see it going, you know, with Jukebox's audition? So, uh, who wants to go first on that one? Go ahead, Dana. Okay,
1: so, like, here's the thing. I do feel that Jukebox. If she, if I do hope they go this way, um, she does end up getting the audition, and she uh, does end up getting into the girl group. And you know how everybody in the girl in the girl group has their own personality. How we had like Escape, and then we had like uh, for example, your people, the the Spice Up Your Life people, Spice Girls, Spice right? Girls. Right? Yeah. you know had it was like scary, scary Spice because they was a little racist and she was whack and was like, oh no, that's terrible. But then they had like Sporty Spice and then like Baby Spice. She could be like the sporty spice with the with the track suits she always has on, in terms of like how she identifies in the group. And I think and I wonder and I hope that is something that does become successful. But one of the things about the music industry, especially what we learned this week, um, there's a lot of dark side to it. And Marvin can not Marvin, Lulu can do only so much to protect her. And so I wonder if The pressures of that coupled with, say, fame can cause someone to either break or it leads to, say, a group fracturing, and then she tries to go out to do solo stuff, and then that doesn't work. Because we don't know how many seasons we have of Raising Kanan. See, when I did the interview for for, Force, it was like there's a middle, a beginning, the end, they know everything from the rooter to the tutor. But with this, I never got that answer. So we could be with eight seasons or maybe just five. But the trajectory that I'm hoping is that we get, again, I want my happiness. But I do want, you know, you have to have some realistic, And it showed the realistic parts of the music industry in terms of you may be the singer and you have all the voice, but you're not marketable because of your looks that girl who can't sing for dog poop you know she was considered beautiful and she was the one who could bring in you know the, the listeners and the, and the viewers the people buying that the soundtrack or whatever album that she was going to do at that time she is that look but you know unfortunately for that time oh, we couldn't deal with her because um jukebox the look isn't right And to see her dressed up as a girl, you know, with the with the stereotypical, you know, pink and you know, girly, that's just not who she is. So I do wonder will that pressure of having to change herself still impact her if she gets into this girl group situation? And I we still haven't learned yet what makes her so cold. And as we all learned this week you know, the business can make you that cold because of all the things, especially as a black woman, you have to face in the industry. And this is, you know, the nineties that we're in, right? We're still in the nineties, right? The nineties that we're in, are we in the nineties? Okay. So we're in the nineties. So, you know, those, those pressures and, you know, this is coming up with a lot of the female groups of of the nineties as well. And we all know what they had to go through because of this week. But the point is, I just really think that we're looking for the outside source. Remember how we looked at maybe Burke is gonna be the one who like something happens and that makes her cold and stale. When she was looking, um, I think it opened with her watching the funeral procession and seeing Howard, you know, she knew, but in a way it didn't make her hard. Her first reaction was, was flight. And as we know of Jukebox, She's a fight, she's the, the, the fighter part. She's not someone who's gonna flight. So she's still in that fight or flight stage. So with that, with that being said, you know we still haven't met that cold side of her, but that music industry can bring that out. And I'm still remembering in that scene that they had in the original Power was like, she was still singing. She still had that that light and that hope for the music. Remember, oh yeah, they used to call me Jukebox back in the day we don't know what happened in between that. And she could have easily been in this girl group band. So, yay.
0: Oh yeah, that that was an excellent breakdown right there. Excellent analysis um, of that. Great answer. But um, how about you, Rich? What's your thoughts on where this whole uh, jukebox, you know, storyline is heading, you know, with the audition and then Lulu being in the fold as well. You know, where do you see this going?
2: First and foremost, I also agree, great answer by Dana, but let me just make a quick comment. Um, If Razor Kanan gets a lot of seasons, more than four, I think you know I would love love that because uh, it's the better show. Sorry, I had to say it. But uh, yeah, um, to answer your question, Gary, um, I think that Jukebox is going to do the addition. She's going to get selected. And something's going to happen to prevent her from fully going through with all of this, because it feels like, like I said, I, I agree with what Dana said. I do think we need to see the character have some, some moments of happiness. And let me also say this. I do like that. We saw Nicole's father again, because I like that character, the interaction he had with Marvin. I thought that was that, 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 that was great. You know, that was a great thing to see that they got along very well, but, um, With all this positive stuff happening, there is something that is going to happen bad at some point with the character. I don't know to pinpoint exactly what it is because I said before, something probably is going to happen to Marvin. I mean, I don't know which direction they're going to go with that. But what I do think, to answer your question, Gary, I think that she is going to do the audition, but she is going to at some point. um, She's definitely going to learn the reality of the industry. I think that the stuff... Making mention of the uh, the image is important because they made that a big deal last season. That was something that Lulu was also saying as well. Uh, so I do think at some point she may get another lesson in that. But I personally believe it's going to be a situation where everything goes right with the audition, she gets in, and then something happens that to, 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 to prevent her from moving forward with that. What that is is to be determined um that could very well be something that happens later episode it may not happen the next episode it may be like for the mid-season break that may happen at that time so then we have to wait an entire week to find out what happens next but um i don't know but i think that's what's going to happen and as far as lulu is concerned i think he is going to have some success as far as working with her um but again i think what's going to end up happening is Because of the events that happened in this episode with Marvin taking out Sal, that's going to impact the entire family. Well, what I find interesting is that, you know, they haven't really explained any of this stuff to Jukebox or Kanan in the fact of how much danger they truly are in. I think Kanan and Jukebox see it, but they haven't really explained to them the full weight of it. You have them, you know, obviously, you know that Marvin got shot. Yes, you you can see it, but you know they don't they're not really telling telling them anything so that they can be concerned or fearful of what might happen. They're just going about life as as normal, which I think I understand that because yes, but uh, obviously Kanan is getting deeper into the drug game, so we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it's hard for me to determine what 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 they're gonna do with jukebox and, and Lulu, but uh, I I do know that uh, this this girl group thing. I want to see how they handle it, but I have a bad feeling something's going to happen and she's not going to actually get a chance to really fully pursue that. Go, go ahead, Dana.
1: I have to wonder about this. Is it because she's gay? We're mm-hmm. in the 90s still. And what was really interesting was, I kind of forgot about that, which is great, point, but they did bring up two instances that kind of jogged my memory that she even was gay. Um, Nicole's dad came back and he talked about the tape. He was perfectly fine with it, he knew. And I -hmm. think he's come to that acceptance period. Remember, it is the mother that's like, oh my God, right? Then on top of that, we had with um, Shannon's dad confronting the girl, well, the girl confronted the dad trying to give out information, saying there's more to this case. And he was like, oh, you're the reason why she's dead in terms of, because of the gay lifestyle that she led it also added pressure to her and that's why she committed suicide which we all know is a lie and i don't know if he even truly believes that but it's something to say to deflect because imagine if your daughter came to you told you everything that's going to happen and then you know my life could be a danger but you do nothing you continue to play the game and then she ends up dead Point i'm trying to make is what happens if she gets in that girl group? I don't know, we start looking at archival footage. You know how they like the, to play back the, the like, when they were little and that say, for example, that tape goes into the hands of the public and they start looking and they're like, oh, is she, isn't she, that that, imbued, that ambiguity in between and that could easily, especially in the 90s, derail a career. Maybe, I'm not saying that's the case, but just maybe. Because, and then also on top of that, going back to that original scene, she was very comfortable with who she is. So, and to me, she still seems like she's comfortable with who she is, it's just that everybody else has a problem. But to me, she kind of developed that, well, F you and F the world, this is how I am and this is how I'm living. Maybe is something that happens for her to just be that open and out. I don't know if it's a shift in the time or if it's because something ends up happening to her involving her sexuality.
0: Oh Yeah, Dana's on fire today, boy. Wow, (laughs) yeah. I agree,
2: excellent points.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think, I definitely think um, her sexuality is going to come into play in some way, Um, especially, you know, if it's a girl group, like I feel like, um, there's going to be some situation where, you know, maybe they're talking about guys or something like that. And, you know, Raquel, um, I mean, uh, Jukebox just isn't into it. You know, she, she's clearly not into the conversation or, you know, what, you know, chasing guys or whatever. So I feel like something like that is going to come up. And then, you know, like you mentioned with the tape, if that comes out, you know, if that gets out somehow, then yeah, that could be damaging for her image, especially in the nineties. Cause yeah, we know that was a different time. Um, so yeah, great points. I, I feel like you're onto something with that. But um, Rich, any, any other thoughts, Tad?
2: Oh no, I think Dana said a lot of great points. I I agree with a hundred percent. I'm I'm just I'm very curious to see where they're going with this. And definitely curious to hear what uh the people have to say in the comments as well about this question.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Looking forward to the the comments and the theories. So um, let's get to another question, right? So um, what do you think about, you know, the whole Burke's girlfriend thing? You know, I can't, I can't remember her name, maybe Rich remembers, Um, but you know, Burke's girlfriend, um, there was a couple scenes in this episode, you know, there was one where she was talking to the father, Burke's father, and he kind of shunned her uh, you know and he he wasn't very receptive to what she was saying and he kind of blamed her as well for, for 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 killing herself uh which wasn't very nice and then uh the girlfriend also uh spoke to the captain you know um at the precinct and he also wasn't very receptive to to what she was saying and kind of you know just shrugged her off a little bit so but Clearly, you know, uh, Burke told her a lot of things. She told her almost everything about uh, her investigation into Howard and stuff and what she thinks and her theories. And, um, you know, clearly the girlfriend probably thinks that there's something fishy about her death. I don't think she believes that she killed herself. So um, do you think that she is the key to kind of unraveling, you know, Howard's secret, the fact that he killed Burke? Because, you know, I mean, at this point, Howard can't just go around killing everyone now. You know, he can't kill her again without making it look sus- suspicious. So, you know, do you think she's going to be the key to kind of exposing him? Um, and how do you see this whole thing playing out later on? You know, if you have any theory on that. So I'm going to go to you first. Richard, what do you think?
2: You can go to Dana first. Let's saw her raise her hand. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dana.
1: I just, I kind of wonder if jukebox is the key because I, in the conversation, I do wonder, you know, she told her about jukebox. Don't tell her about everything else. Tell her about, Hey, I met this this kid jukebox and she's kind of like me. Um, and we did see jukebox linger around the funeral so i do wonder because she has no one literally listening to her and i do appreciate the shift that the writers took because we initially thought it's the dad you know and it could still be the dad but it's the dad um but instead it's the girlfriend that no one really paid attention to so i really like that but i do wonder if jukebox if she'll go to jukebox and they'll exchange information because at the same time yes you know jukebox never had that close connection to her but she still did know and she does know what it's like to lose your girlfriend hi nicole which is kind of why they put that in our heads maybe could be um of you know the spirit of nicole so she could go and tell her information because of the spirit of nicole and they both lost a girlfriend so that could be something but then i wonder what would jukebox do with that information in terms of oh, you, we're brainstorming and we're coming up with facts and thinking that, oh, Howard must have did it. Where, you, where is she gonna go with that information? We don't know. And she really doesn't have anyone authoritative to really you know, look up to that. She can't go to Raquel. Just in general, the whole snitch thing is not gonna work. And then also Raquel's ties to Howard and Kingman's ties to Howard. So it's a very messy situation. And then we have, if the girl goes, where is she, else is she gonna go? Is she gonna call the FBI that just moved into the office? I don't know. So unless she has some secret friends that we don't know about, I just don't know how this could escalate even more unless the captain is under such immense pressure where he has to look at Howard at this, you know, and Howard has to start facing the music. But right now he's like on a stage, you know, can't stop, won't stop. So I just really wonder how will they play his downfall, even if he will get a downfall? So it's it's interesting. And then also another thing that I kind of wrote down to kind of just kind of piggyback on your question, was killing Burt basically too convenient? Because it gets rid of some parts of your problems, but is it just a way of sweeping it under the rug? Like for example, when we thought, remember when Howard miraculously, miraculously recovered? Oh, his cancer's gone, Way not dying. Oh, Burke is dead. And all of her secrets. We can move on. Is it way too convenient? I don't, I feel that it could be, but I don't know how you would escalate this even further. Unless she starts confronting Howard and in like some random way of how it was, you know, Red Man's brother who ended up killing the dude from the first, you know, the power, with, with 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 Tariq you know it's some random person who takes him out is she basically that that person who's going to end up taking out Howard I don't know
0: oh wow interesting theories there um yeah I guess you know anything is possible um I think it could be a combination of things you know I think the ex uh, uh I mean sorry I think uh Burke's girlfriend could be involved. I think Jukebox as well, you know, maybe uh, maybe they even team up or something, you know, um, and have a conversation and, and reveal what they know. Um, and I also think the task force that's uh, forming uh, could have, you know, they could get some information on on what was really going on with Howard and uh, the Stark family and stuff, like Kanan and Raquel and stuff. So uh, it could be a combination, but uh, there's so many ways it could go. Uh
2: let's hear from Rich. What do you think about, about this? So first and foremost, let me say this. I, I like Omar Epps as an actor. uh, But Detective Howard's time is about to come to an end on this show. I just feel it's coming. It will not be a fake out death. The, the character will die at some point. But let me go ahead and say this. I think Dana hit it on the head. I think jukebox is the key to this because the thing is, we remember last season, she is the one that warned Burke. There are people in your organization that are after you. So if she has a conversation with the with the girlfriend and tells her that she warned Burke about this, that right there is very suspicious. Now, Howard, he has been very careful. He's been has his eyes on her, he has his eyes on the task force. So I kind of feel like uh at some point he he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Now, the thing is, is that I don't get the sense that Jukebox likes Howard as a character. I don't think she likes Howard at all. It's a very awkward interaction they had last season when she did see him. She does know that this is Kanan's father, but it's just a very awkward type of uh, situation as a whole. So I kind of feel like when I made the comment on last week's show, I could see Jukebox being the one to take out Howard. That can, that can definitely happen, or she will play a role in him getting taken out because she doesn't like him. So, uh, and of course we know that Burke, before she went out, she had that interaction with Kanan, made it very clear to Kanan, she knows who he is and she believes that he was the one that tried to kill Howard. So I kind of feel like, it, it, you know, for everything to come full circle, Jukebox has to play a role in taking out Howard. That's what I think the path is that they're going to take. I don't know how they're going to get there, but uh, I definitely think this is what's going to end up happening, uh, and I would not be surprised if she does interact with the girlfriend, and that is enough information they need to really sus- suspe- be even more suspicious of Howard. So let's see what happens. But one other thing I do want to mention real real briefly, with this uh, task force, Now, they are investigating what's happening with the mafia, right? And I kind of find it interesting how now Howard could play a role in terms of giving some of this intel to uh, Raquel, because obviously they're going to have some issues with uh, Stefano, well, with the people that want retaliation for Sal's death. I'm very curious to see where Stefano falls on this, because he is the one that ordered the hit on Sal, he didn't say nothing about there being any consequences about people coming after Raquel after that. So Howard can definitely be resourceful in terms of giving Raquel some of this information. But the problem is that he's going to be preoccupied with whatever happens with this fallout with Burke. So it's a lot going on with that situation, but I definitely think uh, Jukebox plays a role and I would not be surprised if she is the one that ultimately ends up, you know having him getting killed so we have to see how that plays out but it, it is this is why the show is great because there's so many different ways they can do certain things from a storytelling standpoint but uh yeah i i think uh howard something's gonna happen to howard but i will say this that was an excellent speech that he gave at the funeral very convincing uh <laughs> but come on man it's 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 his time is coming to an end <laughs>
1: That, that was the equivalent of every step I take. I miss you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wonder about something if I'm looking at this too literal in terms of, you know, something has to happen for Jukebox to turn so evil. When you look at Howard and you look at Howard being dirty, his initial part of dirtiness, you can look at it from his side's point of view as he was helping others. He, don't forget he was a, our wordist, but um, he in a way was helping jukebox. He had all of the, you know, oh, they're looking for this and this. He's feeding information, not jukebox, to Raquel, I mean. He was feeding a bunch of information to Raquel to make sure that, you know, she stayed stay safe and was a step ahead of other people, including the police. What if jukebox initially joins the police force. Yes, she wants to get away, but what happens if she's not able to get away? And it is a way of helping her family. I am the inside. I am the ears of what's really going on. And while she's too young right now to join the force, because I don't believe she's 18. What if, is she 18? No, I don't think so. Anyway, what if she ends up being with that inside? So I'm wondering if I'm just looking at this way too wrong and her joining the force, granted it may be out of anger and frustration ends up being a positive for the family. And then it just goes downhill from there because but we have many years between this jukebox and adult jukebox that's that power hungry. You know, the, the police ain't paying me. I'm tired of always trying to help people and I'm never getting my cut. Mm -hmm. But initially it could have been, I am helping the family and it's twisted. And remember, Howard was sexually assaulting her because that that thing was illegal between the ages and things that were Howard and, and Raquel, okay? But at the same time, in his mindset, I'm helping her. I wonder.
2: So I have a question. Are you suggesting Jukebox could become a CI, like other characters on Power that have become CIs?
0: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Um, you mean you mean? I think you're referring to the Inside Man, Vic Flynn.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, I will say this: uh, if Jukebox does become a CI, that's one character I don't want to see get killed. We, even though the character gets killed eventually in the OG Power, but yeah. That's what I thought when you said inside person. Um, That'll be quite Uh, interesting. uh, Mm -hmm. Remember, the only one
1: who takes her out is Kanan. The only person who takes her out is Kanan. So it's not like, oh, she becomes a big threat to the police force. Yeah. The person who takes her out is her own family. So poetic speaking, I joined the force to help my family, and they're the ones who took me out.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: No yeah yeah that's that's uh that's good i like the conversation um so yeah uh, i do have one more here and then we'll get to to final thoughts but um what do you guys think of ronnie's character cuz you know um just just the way like the little ways that they paint his character in this is like very entertaining to watch like um, even when uh you know Unique comes home and like he's uh he's he's doing the ironing and stuff and like he's just quiet with it like he doesn't even say hello or anything you know he's just like silently ironing his clothes like and um, Unique's baby mother you know she's clearly like <laughs> she's clearly di- disturbed by him and she when she tells that story about uh, the kid going downstairs and Ruddy was like sitting in the dark, looking at, looking at the TV and the TV was off. (laughs) Like that was just, that was just a a funny image. Um, But clearly something's not right with this guy. Like, you know, so where do you see his path going? Um, And, you know, Richard has raised his hand. So go ahead, Rich.
2: What do you think? Uh, i I just want to start by saying uh, I believe this will be the most memorable character of this entire season. I don't know if he will still be here after this season. It's possible, right? But it's just like, you know, the guy is is crazy. I can see a lot of people creating memes online. Who will win in a a matchup between this guy and Tommy, this guy and Dre, all other power characters, they'll probably compare and say yes, because he is a savage. And we haven't seen that yet. Obviously, they hinted that he's going to get, he's going to get his hands on that security guard. And again, the way they, they had the music, the, the all of the, that, the, the change of music when he saw that, it very intense. I love it. I love it. They're building anticipation. And like I had mentioned last week on the show, it just feels like he's a, he's, he's a quiet individual. He's very observant. But when he does something, it's very impactful. So I want to see what happens with this character. Uh, you made the. You asked the question, Gary. What do I think they're going to do with this character? I. I mean, I don't know. From this episode, it, it, it feels to me like Unique is going to try and get him work because now he's trying to basically build a good rapport with Sal, and that's not going to work out the way that Unique anticipates because this guy is obviously he has he has a way of thinking about how things used to be before he got locked up. And the fact that he has to now change and conform to the way things are now, he's not going to do that. So I definitely want to see where they're going with that. But I kind of feel like they're building to something. And I think once he does pop off, kill somebody or whatever, we see the real ruthless side of the character. That is going to be a, one of the moments that will stand out this season. Whenever, whenever he does something, because it's going to be like a very crazy type of reaction. But um. I don't know what they're going to do with the character. I just got to say, I'm very excited to see it. And I like that they're taking their time to show you as he's slowly unraveling. And then even when they had the scene where the girlfriend is describing uh, to Unique, he was just sitting in the room with the TV. The TV isn't on and he's staring at the TV. I mean, listen, this sounds kind of funny to me, but this this guy is, is pretty, pretty crazy, pretty chaotic. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with all this. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, when he was in the club staring at the uh, security guard, that that gave me like Scarface vibes. Like you know, uh, on Scarface, yeah. when he's, like, <laughs> that that music plays and he's like focused on on the the guy. To uh, I think it's when his sister's like dancing with the guy and he's like touching her that's, up. And
2: then, G- Gary. Yeah. That is a, that is perfect, <laughs> the perfect. That's uh, the perfect explanation because that that scene. Yes, because he didn't like because it was that 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 was his boy messing around with his sister. When he saw yeah. that, because he was very clear to him. He said, no, don't, t- don't mess around with my sister. Then when he see it, yeah, they had the music, and then surely later on, he killed the guy. So, yeah, that's a perfect yeah. way, perfect uh, comparison.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dana, what do you think about Ronnie, and uh, what's his trajectory going to be uh, for this season, oh, for his character?
1: Ronnie Rodney, is my favorite character. He is the Tommy of the show, um, He is a threat. He is what what, what Miguel should have been. Ugh. Um, I feel that he is going to make for an exciting season because you don't know what he's going to do, but you know he's gonna do everything and he's gonna be quiet and silent about it. He's not someone who's all for show. So even if he does kill you, I don't think he needs an audience. I think it'll be something, you know, so quiet he may kill you in your own house and you are still as you're dying you're just wondering how did he even get my address that's just how amazing this character seems to be and i love this i love everything about him i do not want him to die stop killing off people and this is weird coming from me because i'm like why didn't they kill the wife oh my god what happens instead if they killed the baby instead of saul i'm like death death, death no with him, let him live. Let him be like 102, you know, taking quiet walks just staring at people wondering if they deserve to die. I love him. Um, This is gonna be such a great character because he is someone that is so different than what we've seen in this show. And I think maybe kind of like the power universe, really? Um, I do feel like there was a lot of trauma that had happened in his life. Yes, he was a quiet kid. I'm not gonna say that just because you're quiet, you had trauma. No, some people just don't like people, hi. Um, But I do feel that we never talked about his time in prison. Grant, we're only on episode three. We never talked about his time in prison. We don't know what he had to do to move. And we don't really know what how, what really went down for him to get in there, right? But he's out and he could be again that silent menace and i wonder what he did to get in because he seems to be so smart and calculated and quiet that it's like you just don't assume him so i want to know what what that arrest went down what happened there um i do feel that in any situation he could be very smart To for to bring in, but at the same time, there's a little bit of weakness that he has. If he's able to merge his weakness into his brother's strengths, I believe that they could be dynamic. And the problem is he's old school. Remember how when they had the conversation in the car that he was looking at the block? Why don't you have this there? Why don't you have your guys here? Why don't you have your guys over there? And he's trying to explain to him, you know, because of the times that we're in. We're kind of not on the block all the time. There are other ways of dealing and doing the business. And so I wonder if he's able to listen to that because he does seem like someone who is my way or the highway, and on that highway, I'm going to kill you. So I hope that he's able to listen more and understand that, you know, his way of doing things may be correct, but. Not for this time. Just a little bit of leniency. So I I I hope that he lasts for a long time because he is a huge threat. And I like it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I want his character to last for a while in the show. I don't want him to get killed off in one season. Like that would be a big disappointment. Um, so yeah, I hope uh he, he stays in the show because I, I foresee some interesting uh situations with Ronnie around um and we know that he's going to come into contact with Kanan at some point so that's going to be interesting to see as well um and uh you know just as a I just remembered I had another question actually so I'll throw that in there before we get to final thoughts but um do you think that it's going to be unique that kind of gets Raquel back in the game because you know we see in this episode that uh unique actually steps to stefano later in the episode um talking about doing business and then you know stefano uh tells him like you know before we can do that you know you need to get approved by you know a group of guys or something like that so uh, i'm guessing we're going to see that in the future but um, do you think that this might actually lead to raquel getting back in the business then because we see that Unique and Raquel are kind of they have an entanglement with each other you know um, <laughs> and I say entanglement because Unique has a baby mother already you know so so uh, it's an interesting situation but um, so do you think that she he might um, unintentionally end up getting Raquel back in the game somehow um, and you know who wants to go first go
1: I, I strongly believe she technically never left the game I think this is all a game. She's trying to see how everyone's gonna, you know, how they all respond without her, but I do I still feel like this is a game. Uh wouldn't that be something? It was like I never left. Um I just feel like if if that is the case, I don't think it's gonna be unique. I think it might be her son. Because that's way more important. Remember she has these rules, you know, and I don't think that she's gonna be attached. All these men. What is this like the fourth man we've seen on the show with her in her entertaining moments? Um, I just don't feel that this is like of unique of all things. Oh my God! I have to get back in the game and save Unique. Granted, we had a soft side situation, but all he did was shoot a guy. And even if she was like shoot someone who was gonna shoot Unique, that's not technically in the game. That's like, hey, I don't want him shot. Bang bang. Um. So I still think it's gonna be the kid. And I think it's the scene that we have not seen. I think it's from the trailer. We do see that um, Kanan ends up talking to, remember I told you there's gonna be two new characters, um, husband and wife, who are a part of the higher part of the drug game. And I do think that they end up seeing what Kanan does with that courier service and they really admire him and they wanna recruit him. And then maybe it's something that ends up being too big for him. So that I think could be something that happens more as opposed to unique. Again, we also have Rodney. Rodney maybe ends up having some type of connection with the boy, because he's always observant. And there's also a lot of questions that we don't know. How does? that's why I love this character. We don't know how he feels about his brother. Like the entire time he could be plotting his death and we just don't know, because he's just staring, but he stares at everything. So it's like stares and hey, I miss you, I love you. Or stares and I hope you're dead and I'm gonna do you in, ha ha. We just don't know. So I don't think it's unique at all. I think it has to be someone very close to him. And it has to be Kanan. And Kanan at that time right now, we see I'm good, I'm grown. I don't want the car, but I'm gonna take this car. You know, and he took the car. So there's still that part of the relationship that's not closed, it's still open it's a car but i do think that it's open and i do think that you know if anything happens to her son come hell or high water everyone's dead
0: yeah yeah no um that that's a good point uh about maybe raquel never left i do think she has some kind of plan motion that we can't see because it's like the Juliana scene—it's like, why did you even need to, you know, tell them you're out the game? Like, so I feel like maybe she had some kind of other motive there. Um, but Rich, what do you think about this? You know, about Unique and Raquel, and does, is he one of the reasons she gets back in the game fully, or you know, what do you think?
2: I think it's a very interesting situation right now with those two characters. Obviously, they have good chemistry together. But uh, I I think a wise person once said, uh, you're not supposed to mix business with pleasure. And the thing is, what we do know at the beginning of the episode is that she does tell, you know, based on the conversation she has with Unique. Obviously, they are they are, you know, together, but she's still keeping some stuff away from him. And I think that is for a reason. So I think what Dana's point is, is right on the money. Obviously, she hasn't left. I find it interesting how pretty much every character that is in business with Raquel doesn't believe that she's out the game. Even Stefano says he doesn't believe it. And then, you know, Juliana says she doesn't believe it either. So that's why I said, um, I do think she does have a plan. I don't think that Unique is going to get her back into it. I do, however, think, though, that, again, that that, that relationship is going to be tested because he is now basically trying to approach Stefano as a business partner. And the thing is, is that, you know, Raquel did agree to do this job to get rid of Sal, but I want to see what's going to happen because of what the blowback will be from this particular episode. The fact that, yes, Sal is dead, but Sal's guys, they're going to want some retaliation. So I would like to see how that's going to be handled. Because, again, it, it it makes it look like Marvin was a part of this that only he was a part of this, not Sal. So that's why I said I want to see where they're going with this. Um, but, yeah, o- overall, though, uh, I do want to make this comment, though, because uh, I know I know we didn't really make this comment. I want to make this comment. I'll be curious to hear what others have to say. I think it's interesting how Unique has been trying to avoid his brother. It feels that way in these two episodes. Even though you have him... They're with you at the club, you're trying to work and get him out of there, making money so he can do his own thing, move out the house. It feels like he's trying to avoid that situation. This is why he's spending more time with Raquel. You can say, yes, they have chemistry. I, although I will say I don't like how he's doing with his uh his girlfriend right that's That's not cool, but I will say he's trying to avoid his brother, but at some point, he is going to have to face that reality. And I would like to see what's going to happen when it gets to that point, because as Dana said, this entire time, Ronnie could be plotting taking out his brother. We don't know any of this stuff here, but at some point they're going to have a real conversation or real moments. And it's not going to be no one trying to hold back on anything. And I want to see what happens when that moment goes down. Um, But, yeah, that's why I say it's a lot of anticipation, a lot of hype and excitement to see where they're going with that relationship. But I'm telling you right now, Gary, that's a good question. But I don't think that Unique is going to get Raquel back into the game. She probably still is involved right now, but she's playing her own, her own game. So we'll see. Go on, Dana.
1: I also think that we're putting too much emphasis on relationship. It's not a relationship. They're just two people who sleep with each other and they work together. Yeah. This is not like, oh my God, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. No, this is like you have a part and I have a part. Let's part within each other um <laughs> I, I i again this is when their relationship even i said it this is when their situation in terms of just their relationship of how they interact with each other and they do business is going to be i don't even think that we, i think that we're kind of putting too much emphasis on it because raquel i'm still saying she's playing the game of i'm out the game right i feel that if unique was to be like oh i'm not working with sal have fun Good luck. Because she herself is trying to break away from Sal. So he wants to go into bed with Sal. Good for you. Who am I to stop you? I'm not in the game anymore. So I I don't think that she will even care. Stay safe. Don't die. Outside, But that's it.
0: Yeah. No, you're you're right. Um, absolutely, it's it's just an entanglement. That's all it is. It's not, you know, this isn't some <laughs> this isn't some well, long term situation. You know,
2: I, I I agree. It is an entanglement, but if there comes a point where she needs to kill Sal and Sal is now in business with Unique, that is a bit of a problem. So that's why and I, I want to see Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, Stefano. Yeah, that's why I want to see what what's going to happen because. There's a lot of ways they can go with this, but, uh, they are trying to work together as business partners, uh, Stefano and unique. So I kind of feel like Stefano is going to tell Raquel in the next episode when Sal's guys come after us say, "Oh, well, that's not my problem. I told you to kill Sal. That's it. And then that's going to create an issue between those two characters. But I want to see what happens again. We haven't seen the next episode, so I don't know what's going to happen. We haven't seen any trailers or anything. So, uh, we have to wait and see what what's next.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But um yeah, great thoughts today. This was a great episode. Um let's get some final thoughts before we wrap this up. Um and I'm gonna go to you first, Dana. I know you got the notes on deck. <laughs> uh or do you want me to come back to you? You ready? Oh, that's a lot of notes. That's a big book too.
1: <laughs>
0: You're muted though.
1: I had a whole monologue that i was saying um it's a lot of notes but i write like a crackhead so it's fun. um basically what i think is going to be really interesting is you know the continuation of whether or not Sal retaliate retaliates or is this like a done deal thing we also do have this the uh, fbi did set up shop so if they retaliate that could actually do more harm to them than it does to stefano because oh my God, look at what you did. And you 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 end up being arrested. And one of the things that power does, that is a trope, is they seem to get rid of people very easily through arrest. So that could be one way of dealing with that situation. So that Sal is fine, Raquel and everybody else are fine, Marvin, we're good. Um, I do find it really interesting about the lasting words of Juliana where she's like, not Juliana, Juliana's brother, where he's like, uh, she's not done with you. So I do wonder what is going to happen there. Um, and I, I, I keep wondering how you know, Raquel is going to navigate this, I'm not in the game, but I am in the game situation. Also, on top of that, we do have the whole uh, courier business. That's and also stop killing the courier guy. I think he's gonna be fine. He's gonna make his money, and we just don't see him anymore. He's gonna be good. Okay. But this ends up being, you know, I think they need more than just those guys that he ends up recruiting. But this also, in a way, we saw remember we saw the guy I think was on a moped or who was it, a, a motorcycle? And remember in the trailer, we saw like there's a huge chase with a guy with dreads on a motorcycle. I wonder how that comes into play. Who is the guy that's chasing him? I don't think it's because, you know, I got the wrong package and you didn't deliver, you know, my whatever certificates I was supposed to get at the correct time. So, who ends up finding out about um, Kanan's operation and who is the people that's chasing him down is the bigger thing. So, I wonder about that. Yay, excitement. And then also just, I wonder where, you know, we do have Lulu dealing with the record industry and the business of that, but is him investing all of his time into his niece. I really do like that, but I just kind of wonder what else they're gonna do with his storyline. Everyone he kind of was working with in the previous seasons kind of dead. So I wonder what's gonna happen with that. So I am looking forward to, Um, what the show is gonna be about and the new characters that they introduce and how everyone interacts and intertwines. And I hope Ronnie maybe secretly ends up killing everybody.
0: Oh, wow, everybody. Yeah, I could totally see that. I could see him doing that. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, um, for me, um, well, first of all, I feel like Kanan should be a millionaire because You know, he's effectively creating Uber Eats for for drugs in the 90s, you know. So (laughs) this man needs to be like a millionaire or something, a billionaire, you know. Um, But um, overall, like, I feel like they're two for two this season so far. This was another great episode. Um, And, you know, I'm just excited for the whole season now. Like, I can't wait to see, you know, what's going to happen because, you know, obviously we talk about our theories, but there's so many ways it could go. Um, and that's what's exciting to see, you know, it's not predictable at all, so um, I like that. So yeah, that's that's it for my final thoughts. Uh, how about you, Rich? Oh, go ahead, Dana had something to, to add. Go
1: ahead. I wanna say how ridiculous this all is that this is illegal and that today there is a weed courier service that's legal and operating in Wyoming so, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Like, weed is legal now. That's crazy in in America, not over here. But yeah, um, but yeah, Canaan's definitely a pioneer. You know, he he pioneered this whole thing. So, yeah. Uh, but go ahead, Rich, when you're ready.
2: Oh no, I agree uh, with everything you both said. Uh, two for two so far this season. Uh, excellent season. Um. So many questions about what could happen next. So many different possibilities, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they tell the story because I trust that they're going to do an excellent job on that. So, but yeah, overall very much enjoying it. And I can't wait to see what happens next week.
0: Yeah. Likewise, likewise, but yeah, that is going to be it for today's show. We will be back next week to recap episode three of uh, raising Canaan season three. So until then, you know everybody, take care of yourselves, have a great week, and uh yeah, we'll, we'll uh, I'll be in the comments as always.
1: You know, seeing what the people are saying, and we'll see you guys next week. So peace out.